It is the Brotherly Love Podcast. Joe and Donald John Mita with you. Thanks for tuning in on your various podcast platforms. I thought this was episode 199. John Mita, I think it's just 198. It's been almost a month. I don't know why. That's probably my fault. How are you, buddy? Doing well, man. There's, well, I mean, listen, it's just a good time because there is just so much going on in the landscape of Philadelphia sports right now in regards to drafts, free agency, all types of news. So let's give the people what they want. Let's give them a little taste of everything. I mean, we got four sports going on right now. And as far as news goes, we only have one actually professional sport playing right now. Uh, since our last podcast, the Milwaukee Bucks were named NBA champs uh, as they outlasted Suns, winning the last four games of that series after going to a 2 nothing hole. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. I can't remember if we talked about that. We got Major League Baseball in the second half of the season. Training camps open in the NFL. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, my friend. Put my foot in my mouth after this comment. But if you could possibly – if we could divert for one second, and I sure. want a very short answer here from you. Very short. <laughs> I do not want to go down this rabbit hole. Uh-huh. Do you think that major sports are playing, having fans, and do you think us as a general population are going to continue to be living life as we have for the last few months, say, December 1? Yes. Um, I know with all the rise and the variance of everything about this virus, bottom line is this, like we cannot shut down again. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for the people's mental health. I get it. If um, you're that scared and are very worried about it, just just stay home. Um, but listen, people want to just be able to be free and live their lives. And this is going on so long. It's been a year and a half, like enough's enough. Like it, it's not like, I mean, listen, I'm not telling you that, that it's not serious. It is. But again, I, I don't trust some of the numbers. I don't I don't know what we're dealing with. But come on, let's just it, it, it's this country's great because it's free. And, and let's get back to some normalcy and sporting events are just that great elixir elixir for all of us to just take an escape away from the stresses and realities of every time life. So, yeah, we're going to be packed in stadiums. You know, nothing's going to shut down again if we're smart. We First of all, we can't, as a country, we can't afford to shut down again. Okay, we will have nothing to come back to. So people are getting vaccinated. People are not getting vaccinated. But for the most part, let, let's just rock and roll. And I, I, I can't take it anymore. Like, stop with the lockdown. Stop crushing people's businesses. And let's get some people back to work as well, because that'll help. Yeah. It so, sure will. so you're thinking yeah. John Mita and the rest of the crew will yeah. be in the club box level. Yeah, I, I better be. I better be. <laughs> I mean, enough, you know, it's, I mean, we had that thing. It was like, oh, well, you could try to get tickets for certain games, but you had to be in this section and you couldn't get out of your car and tailgate and be around people and, you know, put your mask on to walk five feet to go get something to drink, but then take it down. Like, stop the madness. That's all I'm saying. Let's go. I can't right. take it. All right. So, that wasn't that's as right. short as I was hoping, but it was very wow. well done by you, knowing yeah. that we could talk for hours about this with you. So, sure. Yep. Um, let's jump into the birds then, since they are sure. in training camp, and a lot of expectations are on Jalen Hurts, or at least, I guess, a lot of question marks around Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking he's going to have a great year. 
I'm expecting the Eagles to be better than everybody thinks. Am I insane, John Mita? No, I mean, I don't think you're insane. Right now, I think the Vegas number over under on the win total for the Philadelphia Eagles is somewhere between, I'm going to say like six and a half, maybe seven. Um, I, I, to be honest, they're going to play 17 games this year. I think it's a strong possibility they could go nine and eight. There's a lot of factors that have to happen. Uh, number one, their offensive line has to stay relatively healthy. We saw what a disaster, what that did. I mean, even with 16 line combinations, they were still able to win four games. Um, I think they've made some sneaky upgrades in the off seasons in regards to defensive side of the ball, signing safety Anthony Harris, signing linebacker Eric Wilson. Um, their defensive line was pretty stout last year, and they've made some new welcome additions. And bottom line is also, I mean, it's, you know, I say this all the time, but it, it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles have found themselves the number one wide receiver. When I'm talking about Devontae Smith, he's had old chemistry with Jalen Hurts. They played together at Alabama. There's just certain things they made upgrades. And, and here's the other unknown, Joe. The other unknown is the coaching staff, right? Nobody knows what these guys are like. But from what you hear from camp, reports, press conferences, it seems like Sirianni, Nick Sirianni is getting a little more comfortable with the media, with his players, with with everything that's going on. So I think it's a total roll of the dice, right? It's You don't know these guys. You don't know how they're going to run their football team. And they could just come out and surprise some people. And at Jalen Hurts, he's a worker. Um, I, I do think that they, they do have some weapons at their disposal. And, again, I think it's really going to come down to health. Health's going to be a big factor, but I, I definitely see. I mean, it's not like there's some absolute killers in this division. You look at the NFC East, right? You have the Giants, the Washington football team, whatever the hell they're going to be called again, and you have the Cowboys. Um, and who am I missing? Somebody? I can't believe. No, you got them. All right. Them all. So, so, but then you look at a division like the AFC West or the NFC West, where you have the Seattle Seahawks the Los Angeles Rams and upgraded with Matthew Stafford, the Arizona Cardinals. Like that's a, you know, the San Francisco 49ers. Like that is like a merge row division of teams that are going to be extremely competitive, just like how it is in the, uh, the NL West. So yeah, as baseball. far as baseball yeah. goes, right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm optimistic. I'm curious to see. And, and the other thing is I, I know damn well, um, that this Eagles defense is going to be better because Jim Schwartz was horrendous and teaches terrible <laughs> technique. So I guarantee you the defense will be better this year. Well, listen, if the defense is better and they stay healthy on the offensive line, I think this is a team that wins 10 games. And know, they run the football. Seven. Run the football. Right. right. I mean, I know Nick, he's comes from a little past happiness, but I, and they do. They, From what I've seen in Indianapolis, there was always a commitment, commitment to the running game. Right. And, so. and, you know, a running quarterback, which, you know, has its downside with the increased risk for injury, of course. But I, I think that, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have um, and not necessarily the preseason or what we hear out of camp. But I want to see them strap it on in week one mm -hmm. when they go down to Atlanta and see what they're made of. You know, I think we'll get a real quick indication. And I don't think it's going to be the end all for the football team week one. Yeah. But they got to get off to a good start because their schedule is not that easy. So. I'm looking forward to that game. I think Hurts, like I said, is going to have a um, an eye-opening year for a lot of folks. The one thing that's really bothering me early from what I'm reading in camp mm -hmm. is I don't want to say I'm – I'm not going to say I'm done with him, but I've had enough already of Jalen Rager. Oh. And the lack of production 
the fact that he didn't pass a conditioning test, the fact oh. apparently he got reamed out yesterday in practice for not doing things properly, like reamed out by head coach Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. And you see what these other receivers did after he was taken. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking Justin Jefferson. I'm talking uh, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, all guys that look right now like they have more promising NFL futures. Mm-hmm. The Jefferson one, obviously, is just an abysmal, abysmal draft. Blunder. Mess. Uh, yeah, blunder. And so if Jalen Rager doesn't get it together this year, he's going to be the next Ortega Whiteside. He's going to be out the door. And uh, uh, can we hope? I, I'm glad you brought our second white size. Nick. Can we just cut him? I know he was a second round pick. At some point, we just need to wash our hands with these terrible draft picks and move on. I know you don't want it to ruin your reputation, aka Howie, but at the same time, we need to put the best players on the field, just like Andre Dillard and the Jordan Maliata, oh, you know, yeah. the, the, the so called battle at left tackle. In my opinion, there is no battle. Jordan Maliata. Yeah proved last year that he was a hundred times better. So trying to find a trade partner and get Dillard's soft, weak attitude out of can. Sorry. Yep. I agree. No, hundred percent, dude. It's time for Dillard to hit the road. Or, and again, yeah, and or, another, or another, another first, exactly. And another first round draft pick blunder. I mean, with Rieger and Dillard, you're talking about two draft picks in the last, I don't know, five years that were absolute, Swing and misses. Yep, 100%. And this Rager thing's bothering me because he takes the Twitter. And he doesn't tweet a lot from what I can tell, but it's just this, like, not, not as much. out stuff. You know what I mean? It's just, like, I'm ready. I'm back. Uh, but are you? You know what I mean? And and this is, again, what bothers me is, like, was the homework done on this guy? Again, I, I don't want to write him off. I hope that he's legit. But – we didn't it, see enough last year. Listen, and, anybody, and he's not off to a good starting camp. Listen, anybody that comes in and fails their conditioning test. Now, listen, he did face a tragedy. Uh, apparently, one of his close friends was shot and murdered. And we all know uh, we've kind of been there, done that. Um, like a tragedy. I'm not talking I've never had a close friend of mine being shot and murdered. But we've all dealt with tragedy in our lives. But to come in after having such a up-and-down rookie season to come in and fail a conditioning test, and also Dallas Goddard to fail a conditioning test, knowing that you're going to be the starting tight end for your football team is absolutely 100% unacceptable. Right. And so, listen, you know going in what <clears throat> these conditioning tests are. This isn't, yeah. this isn't a surprise to the players. No. They're able to train for it. I've seen them done in the NHL. The guys know all summer. Here's what the coach expects expects of us when we show up. And day one of camp, after a little bit of practice, it's conditioning test time. And, and, and you better have practiced it, so to and, speak. You better have gone through the reps in the summer so you're not caught off guard. And it's, and it's probably done at the college level as well. I know college athletes, that when they get back to school, they ha- there's a certain conditioning test that they have to pass. It's yeah, ridiculous. I mean, it's unacceptable. I so agree. He's, he's, on my, he's on my watch list now, officially. Mm. And with Devontae Smith, you know, hopefully gets healthy, maybe gets a little preseason run. I'm mm-hmm. expecting him to kick things off like we all are and be, a, you know, a, a finalist or a, somebody talking off for rookie of the year. And and then would, if Rager gets, you know, if he gets left in, in Smith's dust, so be it. You know, and that's what I think we're all hoping for. 
but they need contributions from somebody else to the wide receiving core. And I think a lot of people are expecting Rager to show up in year two. And so far, like I said, I'm just I'm not liking what I'm hearing, reading, and and he's on my he's on my watch list now. Let's just put it that way. Uh, real quick on the Steven Nelson signing, your thoughts as the Birds had a veteran quarterback about a week ago, and now they give themselves, you know, hopefully Slay um, on on one side and Nelson on the other, and, and away we go. Uh, thank God. Uh, this is probably the first season that we can honestly feel comfortable about the cornerback position in years. Um, Steven Nelson, guy's been out there. He's played for Kansas City, played for Pittsburgh the last couple of years. Just a solid corner. Not a fantastic player, but a total legitimate starter. Now you can move Avante Maddox back to probably his natural slot corner position. And, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's amazing. So a, another good under-the-radar sign. Got him on the cheap. Um, so just the additions with Nelson, Wilson, and Harris. Um, good additions to the defense. <clears throat> and yeah, I think – uh, experience, too. It, it, exactly. Um, and I think it, it, it's going to pay dividends. And I think the defense will be a lot better. And I think you'll see more turnovers this year. Yep, that's the I focus. really do. And, and I think focus. And that's that we, we all know that's how football games turn in this league. It's yep. you better not, you better protect the football and you better turn people over. And it's a successful formula for winning a lot of games in this league. I just saw uh, recently was the anniversary, if you will, of the Eagles signing Namdi Asamoah. Oh God! And I quickly, when I was when this was brought to my attention, pointed out that, in my opinion, and I'll take your opinion as well here, John Mina, on the Brotherly Love podcast. Uh, I would go Asante Samuel over Namdi Asamoah over Byron Maxwell. You agree? Uh, and Sonny Samuel was a very productive player. And, and there's, I mean, he'll have an outside legitimate shot to maybe make the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah, it's but the out- Eagles tenure was. It, it much better than those other two yes, guys. Exactly. I mean, Ma- I mean, yeah. my God, Maxwell gets torched by Julio Jones from like yeah. Game oh, one. Eight, eight receptions, like 163 yards and like two touchdowns. And he was like laughing. He's like, well, you know, it's Julio Jones. <laughs> like. Oh, yeah. And then who is the other one that you said? Oh, Nandi. I mean, Houston, we have a problem when this guy's eating lunch in his car at training camp and not even bonding with his teammates. I mean, whew, that was horrendous. Possibly yeah. that signing right there might be the worst free agent signing, I think, in Eagles history, to be honest. Nandi? Nandi. Yeah. I- I'm trying to think of a worse one. I but. Uh, we, I would love to take a poll, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, uh, like – Was he part of the dream team? Uh, yeah, yeah. He might have been. Vince Young part. was out there spouting off. But how – wait, did they trade for DeMarco Murray or did they sign him? They, they signed, signed him. him. Yeah, yeah he'd totally be worse. Him. Yeah. Ooh. Ah! Dude, I don't know, dude. Like 1.5. I don't know how many how many years did Nambi play here, bro? Demarco Murray averaged like literally under two yards a carry after leading the NFL in rushing. I know, and well, he had that. What was it that one movie had where he remember he like bailed out? He like he like hook slide out of bounds without taking oh, a yeah. he he did something disastrous. Here we go, 2015. Oh, not not the last a year. 
2015, DeMarco Murray, 15 games for the Birds, okay? He had 322 rushing. Oh, that's receiving. Hang on. He had 702 yards rushing on almost 200 carries. I mean, that's yeah. awful. Dude, look, look at this guy's statistics. Look at Nam. This is so crazy, right? In 11 years, right? He was this so-called unbelievable player, right? Three-time Pro Bowl, two-time first-team All-Pro. This guy has 407 tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles, 80 pass deflections, and only 15 interceptions in his career. An 11-year career. 15 interceptions. That's less than one a year. Right? Or no? A little more than one a year. But that's horrible. Yeah, that is horrible. I mean, whew, I don't know, man. I mean, they're 1A I mean, and 1B. But, but it's but look, close. But, okay, but hang on. So and the They year, both lasted so a year in uniform. The, here. The, that's it? Namdi was only one season? One season. Oh, 2011. So the year before, <laughs> okay, DeMarco Murray had almost 1,850 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. The year he comes to the Eagles, 1,100 less yards, uh-huh. seven less touchdowns. That's one fewer game played. The next year he goes to Tennessee, he was at almost 1,300 yards. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a product of Chip Kelly, it sounds like, more than anything else. He was actually at 3.6 yards per attempt with the Eagles, but I swear to God, a lot of that came late. No, I, I, I hear you. It wasn't great, but I don't know, man. Nambi was pretty tragic. I'm sorry. I mean, I he mean, had he had cover Sports Illustrated. He had 2,200 yards from scrimmage his last year with the Cowboys. 2,200 yeah. yards from scrimmage, and the next year with the Eagles, he had just over a thousand. Yeah. Mm. Well, good debate there. All yeah, right, I bro, like it. I like uh, that. Let's shift gears. Uh, we'll have more time to talk birds during the preseason. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia Phillies are on. Oh, real quick, too, though. Let's yeah. give a real quick shout out. This is Hall of Fame weekend, and there is a great Philadelphia Eagle going in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. let's give a huge shout out to Harold Carmichael. Um, I used to sit next, well, his son had tickets um, next to me um, at the stadium. Great guy. And so, congratulations, Harold Carmichael, one of the best wide receivers to wear a Bird's uniform. Well deserved. And uh, looking forward to him getting in the Hall this weekend. So. Yeah, that should be our spread the love right there. Yeah, there it is. Spread the love to Harold Carmichael, who's got hands. He's got the biggest hands you've ever – I mean, I shook his hand when we did a road trip in Miami, Joe. Honest to God, he was literally tickling my, you know, my elbow. That's how big this guy's hands were. I mean, it's just – biggest wide receiver in NFL history at six foot eight. Yeah, yeah, he was a stunt. 13 years with the Birds and somehow, some way, the travesty of his career – one season with the hated Cowboys. Yeah. How did yeah. that happen? Again, how did Brian Dawkins sign with All the right. Denver Broncos? I'm with right. you. I agree. You know, that's just that's just Terrible. that just shouldn't be right. Yep, I agree. It shouldn't be right. Well, it isn't right. It shouldn't be allowed. Um. All right, Johnny, made a good stuff there. A little spread the love to Harold Carmichael. Congrats to him. Uh, to the Phils who yeah. played some decent baseball going into the All Star break. Then the all-star break seemed like it came at a bad time because they came out of the break playing like a bunch of losers. <sighs> they get it together a little bit. Bouncing around 500 nonstop. They go to Pittsburgh to play the lowly Pirates, drop the first two games, and I was ready to look for a bridge. But since then, they've won four in a row. 
a lot of late game heroics. The bats are starting to come around. Bryce Harper's actually playing like an MVP for the last month or so, if you haven't noticed. They made some moves at the deadline. Their pitching rotation, their starting rotation still stinks past, you know, maybe this Gibson guy gives them some good starts. So you've got three out of five that are working it. Eflin's hurt. So your last two starters are a grease fire. However, they're a game and a half out of first. Give me your uh, your your litmus test on the Phillies, John Mater. Well, I mean, listen, it's a shame because the Philadelphia Phillies, it's clear and obvious they have the worst minor league baseball system in the entire league. So when it comes to trade deadlines, trying to make moves to get you over the top, when you really have no ingredients in the cupboard to make a move to get you over the top, you're really hamstrung. I do think Dave Dombrowski did a decent job acquiring a couple arms, um, acquiring Freddie Galvis, um, a guy that's played for this team before. When is he going to play, by the way? I, I heard he'll be ready maybe probably by, like, next week. Well, what's what wrong I, with him? I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's a shoulder injury or an arm injury. I don't know. But they're going to need him especially because your boy Uncle Larry's on the DL. So, I mean, and he's a guy that could probably play even though you kind of wanted to shore up your infield defense a little bit. But maybe he's another guy you could throw out in left field while while Kutch is, you know, basically recovering from his injury, uh, from his knee injury. So Listen, the center field positions drive me crazy. Well, like, yeah, should not be playing. They have nobody. I mean, you Give thought me maybe Hazel. in center field all day, every day. Yeah. This guy at least competes. He's hitting 300, a small sample size, but he plays hard. He's fast. Yeah. Um, I know he had that terrible blunder on the base pass, like his first game with the Phillies, yeah. but since then, yeah. um, he's done nothing but earn himself more time. You can bat him at the top of the order, it appears. He puts the ball in play. Um, you know, a couple of hits last night. And between him and Ronald Torres, you got two guys like sort of those, you know, lifers or platoon guys, you would think, like not superstars by any means, but guys that have that are grinding it out. And I will take guys that grind it out over some pigeon like Herrera that just wants to bat flip and he makes dumb bonehead plays in the base pass and he can't field his position and he strikes out. Like, I have no time for Odubel Herrera. See you later. Plus, Whatever he did with his girlfriend, allegedly, like, uh-huh. absolute scumbag. You see you later. There you go. I, know, I, I just don't have time for it. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way you do, too, Josh. Yeah, well, here he is, down center field every other day, for Christ's sake. Like, I've just had enough of it. Um, what are you doing over there? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just uh, going through some notes. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you almost broke something. Nah. Nah. Jefferson has not been very entertained so far by the podcast. No, he's uh he's out cold, huh? Yeah, he is in his little furry little bed just kind of staring at me. Now if a dog walks by my window, he could, he could uh jump into things here. But uh he's so pooped. He had a good had breakfast. A, yeah, he had let, a good breakfast. Let's just let's, <laughs> let's sure. just do this. Next yeah. time we have a podcast. You know, sure. it could be a week, it could be three. Are the Phillies still within earshot of the Mets? I mean, I think they are. And I think one of the biggest reasons is the fact that Jacob DeGrom is back on the yep. um, the IL, the D. What is it? The IL, the DL? Wasn't it the I DL? They, I think it's the way it used to be the DL. I think they call it the injured list now. All right, the IL. Well, 
He's on there a fourth time. Um, they're sputtering. This whole division just sputters. So it's literally going to – I think it might come wow, down to this. Somehow the Braves are hanging around. Well, they're hanging. Yeah. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're MVP. They're no, they're no question. Right. No doubt about MVP. And now they're back to 500, just a game behind the Phillies. So no, they it, haven't it, gone away. It, the good thing is the Phillies have the easiest schedule yeah. out of all the other divisions. So that's they a big the plus. They Diamondbacks seven times coming up, and they are a train wreck. They well, how about this? Again. Well, how about this? During the stretch of the season, I just heard uh, Rick, Ricky Batalico mention on 97.5 is that their last like six game homestand, they get the, the Pirates, they get the Buccos, and then they also get the Baltimore Orioles, I think, yeah. to end this season, which is like if you got to make that late push to win the division and you need to yeah. win like four or five out of six, I mean, your, your odds are in good favor there. So I, I think they're just going to hang around. I mean, I think they'll do enough. Um, they did acquire uh, – the, the one thing is troubling is is the health of Zach Eflin. Um, they did acquire another starting pitcher at the deadline. So the, the question – you know, you, the, the question you're going to ask yourself is, like, how bad is his injury? So if he could come back, they're going to need him. Because if you could have three solid starters and then – a decent throw-in fourth guy, maybe they could, you know, make noise. And, I mean, it'd be a miracle if they won the division, to be honest, especially with yep. what they have. Everyone I else agree. is making crazy moves, acquiring pitchers, sluggers, and, you know, we got your bottom-of-the-barrel guys. But who knows? Stranger things have happened. Listen, they have a, a very small window to make it happen this year. Um, there's not a lot of room for error, well, not a lot of margin for error, but I think if they can continue to hit the ball like we expected them to when the year started, which they're doing right now, Harper and Hoskins hitting for power. I mean, Harper's just using all the whole field, which is incredible. He keeps spraying the ball around. McCutcheon's out. They haven't missed a beat. Um, I mentioned Jay Kowski. JT starting to swing a better bat. I mean, this team can put up five, six runs a night with the way they're hitting the ball. Secures showing some pop, leadoff dingers, uh, really setting the tone. Didi hit a moonshot last night. I mean, they're starting to get the bats going. It's hidden season, baby. Team. It is. Yeah. And we'll see. Um, we'll see. I, I just think they, they have to find a way to continue to put pressure on the other teams by putting the ball in play and by playing better defense. You know, that's their defense has been average at best all year mm -hmm. long. And that's not going to get it done. Um, but here's the other thing. This team has been hanging around the last couple of years. And September, they stink. From Aaron Nola, individually, not being able to pitch at a high level in September, to guys just not coming through in the clutch. I mean, you go down the list. The core is same. At some point, this core needs to play better baseball in September. I don't care who the opponent is. So, let's keep that in mind as we get a little closer. All right. I like it. All right, Johnny. We're a little short on time here. Anything uh, on the Sixers or MVP yeah, I mean, see before I touch on the Flyers? Yeah. I mean, real quick on the Sixers. Um, the Sixers made a, a surprise hire. Um, they basically hired Damian Lillard's 
old trainer, well, still his trainer to this day, an old assistant coach from Weber State to be a consultant slash coach. They did this sneaky move at the end of July. So they haven't really done much in free agency. They re-signed Furkan Korkmaz to a, a friendly deal. They they got Andre Jumman to a one-year deal to replace Dwight Howard. I thought that was a decent signing. And but and they George re-signed. Yang, baby. Yeah, Georgie Nijang. I like Georgie from Iowa State. Cyclone. I like yeah, his man. game, actually. You know, he's not a fleet of foot, but he can bang some threes. And his game kind of reminds me of mine back in the day. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, and then they re signed Danny Green, uh, two year, $20 million deal. I, it's amazing that he's coming back, considering he persecuted the fans on his way out the door. However, I think this might be setting up as him as a tra- trade possibility. Um, with that $10 million to make some contracts match. So we'll see. The the eye of the prize is Damian Lillard. He's still over in Japan, but what the Sixers need to do is for Damian Lillard to come back from Japan after winning a gold medal, looking at Portland and just seeing that they have no shot to get out of the West and kind of pull a James Harden, even though Damian Lillard's much more class and he loves the city of Portland and never wanted to leave and join his super team. But, his best fit with Kemba Walker and Derek Rose signing New York, his best fit is here in Philadelphia. So hopefully he comes back and just tells Portland, listen, I believe I want to move on, request a trade, and then hopefully Uncle Daryl does everything in his power to make that happen. Then I heard a crazy rumor. How about Damian Lillard and Kawhi? We get rid of Toby. Huh? You want to talk about streaking down Broad Street? Hello. <laughs> Anyway, I'm down with but, that. I'm down with that. All right, all right. Flyers quickly. Sure. I love the way Chuck Fletcher and Brett Flair remade the defense. Again, I'm biased. I know those guys. I trust them. They're sharp hockey minds. But you get Ryan Ellis, who, again, needs to stay healthy. He was a little banged up last couple of years, plays a lot of minutes. He's a smaller guy, but he's like a wrecking ball. He's got a bomb of a shot. Top pair of D-man next to Pro Rob Dunn. Then they get Rasmus Ristolainen from Buffalo. Big six foot four, whatever he is. Finished defenseman, still young, former first-rounder, and they got killed for the trade analytically, like absolutely killed for it because Ristolainen's numbers are putrid as far as, you know, all the five-on-five scoring chances for and against, whatever. I would say to that, this guy played 20 minutes a night or more the last couple of years on a terrible, terrible yeah. Buffalo Sabres team that off the ice seems to be a disaster. Their star player, Jack Eichel, once out. There's drama about his neck injury, meaning Eichel. So they have a lot going on there off the ice. It's a bad environment. So give me Ristolainen in a new environment, playing with Travis Sanheim on that second pairing. you got two big defensemen there. Ristolainen plays a little bit of a nasty game, and I think a chance for redemption for him uh, to really get his career back on track. And, again, I don't believe the Flyers would make this move, no matter what the analytics say, if he didn't pass the eyeball test. If the scouts, if the coaches, if management didn't believe he was an upgrade, they wouldn't have given up what they did to get him. Finally, they go out and they sign Keith Yandel. Um, Now you don't put the pressure on Cam York. You could have Yandel and Braun as your third pairing, potentially. York's your 7D, which isn't great for a prospect, but maybe he needs a little more time in the American League. All of a sudden, the Flyers have a way better defense than they did a year ago. They get Martin Jones in net as a potential backup to Carter Hart or a guy that could play 45, 50 games should you need him to. His numbers the last couple of years, not great, but he's got experience. He's played in the Stanley Cup final, um, and he's younger than Brian Elliott, who was a great number two uh, and a 1B at times. 
for the Flyers the last few years. Nothing but the best for Moose, obviously, moving forward. And finally, the Voracek deal, my man. Jake wanted out. Make no bones about it. And it was time for him to move on. And in place, you don't retain any of his salary. And you get a guy like Cam Atkinson that's a little smaller, yes, but he plays an in-your-face game. He's got speed. He can score goals. And he seems like a decent dude. I like what they did at the culture of the dressing room. Yandel's supposed to be an unbelievable human. Ryan Ellis is a natural leader. Atkinson fits that mode. You added good guys to the room. You got quicker, I believe. You got experience. You remade your defense. And now you hope some of these young guys that were really counting on the last couple of years, like Lawton and Konechny, finally take that step. And I think the Flyers have a real good chance uh, to compete. If nothing else, they're going to be different. And certainly that was needed because they were not an easy team to watch, especially as the year no, was on last year. No, and you look at, I mean, if anybody's out here clapping their hands, it's got to be Carter Hart because so many times the defense just let him out the dry, turning over the puck literally right in front of the net and him yeah. just getting butchered. So you hope he has a great offseason, comes back with a, a better mental mental attitude, yes. a better a better everything. But I, 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 I love the moves just because they – I mean, if you look at the one team, I mean, defensively, they were hideous last year. And they and did listen, a great job. They, they, they had to do it. They had to strike quick, and they did it in like a week's time. You know, you yeah. lose some players. You know, you lose Torensky of all guys in the expansion draft. You know, the, Seattle didn't take the bait and take a high-priced contract like a JVR or a Ghost. Yeah, did they give up goals for absolutely nothing and then they had to add assets on top of it? Yes, but they were in a tight cap spot. You know, the NHL salary cap is not going up. It's flat again. So, you know, teams like the Flyers were just in a situation with some bad contracts. Some were Chuck Fletcher maybe, but a lot of them weren't. So when you inherit a bit of a mess salary cap-wise, at some point you're going to have to eat some, you know, some medicine to, to, to make things better. And I think they certainly did that. I'm excited to see what happens uh when the puck drops, just geez, man, like six, six, eight weeks from now, they'll be in, they'll be in preseason and training camp. So unbelievable! Uh, On time to fly. All right, yeah. John. Me. lastly, all right. Do the Eagles trade for Deshaun Watson? Yes or no? God, I hope not. <laughs> I, mean, I hope not either, man. And and here's one more. I mean, like I, I just, I just, I, I just, there is too much baggage there. Too yeah. much. I mean. Listen, I love Deshaun Watson. He's a fantastic football player. When these allegations came out, I was like, man, he never seemed like a dude that struck me that was kind of a little weird. But at the same time, you know, you look at the evidence, you look at what's going on, you're like, that's a lot of people. It's one thing yeah. if it's one accuser, two accusers, three. But when you have 22 and then you have 10 criminal, just do yourself a favor and just stay away. Stay yeah. away. That's all I can say. Uh, 100%. And, yeah. I mean – you're gonna you're gonna acquire an asset that's gonna take a lot to get to get him, and then right. you don't even know if he's gonna play for you. And I don't know how much better he makes you because there's other holes on this football team. So I would exactly and 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 the money that this guy. I mean, right. at least with Jalen Hurts' contract, he's on a a, yeah. a second. He's a second round draft pick on a very very friendly deal. Yep. And we see when a quarterback is you know paid thirty five to forty million dollars. You just have no flexibility to make your football team better. And they have all this dead money for Carson Wentz for the next Hello. couple of years. Thank you. Which, by the At way, least one is year. now not looking like as good of a trade that everybody wanted to stroke Howie for. Yeah, the whole exactly. The time I kept saying, 
Yeah. A second rounder, or it yeah. could be a second rounder. Everybody's like, three first rounders. Yeah, there was a caveat there. There was an yeah. asterisk there. He had to play a certain amount of snaps. Now he might not even start the season. Well, yeah, and, and it still become a first rounder, but yeah, sure. but the chances seem a lot more slim than they did even a week ago. And again, we can roll back the tape from this podcast. Yep. I'm pretty sure I was the one not, not saying you weren't, but everybody in Philly that wanted to be like, this was an amazing deal. No, it was not an no. amazing deal. Well, we'll think okay? about what the, think about what the Texans asking price for Deshaun Watson was that, that kind of got leaked. I don't know who leaked it, but they were talking with this guy in turmoil, three first round draft picks, okay, and starting football players. So you're talking about five guys for one quarterback. You knew Indianapolis and Frank Reich wanted them. Like I said before, and I said on that podcast, I said the conversation starts at their first round draft pick from last year. And that was number 20 with Mia Hoops getting that thumper middle linebacker from Tulsa who went 16 Arizona, Zavon Collins. But I would have been like, listen, we want your 20th overall pick this year. That's where the conversation starts. If you don't like it, you're not getting them. And they would have had to a buckle because they knew they needed a quarterback. Philip Rivers was retiring, and that's the guy they wanted. You just let them. Everyone did stroke him over the deal. And I agree. I feel like they lost the deal because him playing healthy. Now, again, I thought Carson might come back play healthy. Now one of his offensive linemen has a foot injury, Quinn and Nelson, like he does. So, Again, I, I I agree. It was a loser deal. It was a loser deal. Sorry. I hear you, brother. Great stuff. I couldn't agree more. Thanks for making some time for the peeps. And, you got uh, it. Thanks, I hope everybody, you have a great for listening. Day, John Mita. I hope you have a great day, my friend. Oh, you too, pal. You too. Hopefully, you get some good news any day now, you know? And then we'll have to call an emergency podcast when Damian Lillard. And, I, and I'm running behind John Clark at the airport to get my <laughs> microphone right in there, you know? Uh, I love it. Follow right. us on Twitter at Love Podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Episode 198 in the books. At some point, we'll get to 200. Until then, Brother Love Podcast, we'll see. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. Joe Donald. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. 